and welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact. You're welcome in. This is Impact Media's weekly foray into the world of mixed martial arts, pro wrestling, and uh, combat, combat sports in general. Welcome in. If you are so inclined to, uh, if you stumbled upon our show, uh, welcome in. If, if you're turning the show, welcome back. If you want to uh, find our show regularly or follow our show, you can do so everywhere, like the iTunes store and practically anywhere you get a podcast. If there's a place you get a podcast that, that uh, you cannot find our show, let us know. We will add it to there. Uh, you can look for Impact Media. You can look for Strong Style. Pretty good chance you'll find us. Um, at the Impact 99 on practically any social media, we'll find myself, where you will find um, my random comments and musings on top of all the show links. You can also go to Team Impact Media on Twitter. And, you know, just Facebook search Impact Media, any, any of our shows. Strong style, whatever, and you should be able to find us. Welcome in. I know so welcome in a ton of times, but welcome in. We've got a lot to get to. Obviously, we're going to talk uh, UFC Fight Night. We're going to preview UFC 271. Bellator's next event is not till next weekend, which uh, should just be a loaded up weekend. Isn't that nice? Bellator actually gives us Valentine weekend off. I'm not saying it's bad that the UFC's having an event because Valentine's Day is next Monday. But we're going to get into that. We're going to... New Japan was on this week. Uh, They're still still showing uh, some old footage. And by old, just within the last couple of years. Uh, We'll get into that when we get into it. Uh, It was was incredible, incredible match. Uh, of course, AUW was doing some great things and all, but we are going to start as we almost always usually do, unless we don't. We are today. We're going to start with the world of the World Wrestling Federation Entertainment. I believe it's Silver Man. It could just be WWE now. Let's start with Raw. On Monday night, Raw, we started out with Adam Pierce. For all you people who don't know what Adam Pierce did before he was an on-air talent, an on-air corporate guy on um, WWE, uh, he was a, I'm not going to say a, a quite accomplice, he was an absolute beast of a wrestler, especially on the NWA circuit. Uh, that's actually where I saw him perform, just up the road, from where we're at now. But uh, he did some incredible things. Go back and watch his matches. Him and Colt Cabana did like a seven-part series of matches all across, I believe, the U.S. Uh, different ones, different places, you know, cage match, grudge match, different things here and there. Uh, there's a documentary about it. It is just insane, and it's so good. Just so good. Anyway, Adam Pierce, he comes out, you know, he's the kind of GM, acting GM. He announces, yeah, the Elimination Chamber's coming. And we're going to do something about that. Uh, Bobby Lashley is going to be defending his title in the Elimination Chamber, which means that this chamber is either going to be the way to move the title off of Lashley without him technically losing or the chance to make Bobby Lashley look super strong because he beats five other people in the Elimination Chamber, which is the most brutal match they have. Um, as far as singles match, when you go team-wise, War Games is up there, too. They're both incredibly taxing. So, who's going to be in the Elimination Chamber with Bobby Lashley? Well, I'm going to try to go through these and try to remember them all because I did not write them down. Uh, we know it's Bobby Lashley, as I said. We know it is, I believe, Seth Rollins. It is Austin Theory. 
who beat Kevin Owens to get in that spot. Um, I believe Riddle made it in. I believe AJ Styles and there's uh, I'm sure who am I missing? Let's see. We've got Lashley, we've got him, we've got we'll get somebody looked that up. Uh, I'm not sure who the other spot was. I'm trying to think. But either way, there are some possibilities. There are some things they could do. Um, clearly, Austin Theory is not going to do it. Riddle is not going to do it. Um, Seth could be an interesting one. Because the rematch would not be at WrestleMania. Because Seth Lashley probably not going to be the barn burner they want it to be. Let's see. Um, AJ could be interesting, but it seems like AJ is more about trying to uh, put over and build the local talent. Not local. The uh, the young talent coming up. You know, his things he did with Grayson Waller. I could see him doing some more work at NXT and other places. And, of course, Elimination Chamber, for those of you who don't know, is going to be in uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, which is very interesting. means it'll be at a weird time over there, possibly, or a weird time here, but it's going to be on February 19th, which is next Saturday. They uh, kind of come out of nowhere with this. Um, here we go. We have a list. Oh, how could I forget the uh, the other there? Like I said, it is AJ, it is Riddle, it is Austin Theory, it is Seth Rollins, it is Bobby Lashley, and it is Brock Lesnar. Now, I would argue that Brock is probably not going to win it because if he was, or if he is, then you wasted the whole moment of Lashley beating him even though Roman Reigns helped out, you eliminate the whole reason of taking the title off of him before. I feel like Roman could play a part in this, find a way to the cage, maybe the Usos do, I don't know, things like that. We'll talk more about the Elimination Chamber and my predictions but next week. But it's like this. If Brock was able, if he wins the Elimination Chamber, then it undoes Lashley winning before, and it makes Lashley look extremely weak, which is not what you want Bobby Lashley to look like. So it's, there's going to be something nefarious in there, I think. Like I said, I think Roman's going to play a part some way or another. We'll get more into those hypotheses. I don't want to use the word theory because Austin Theory is in the match. Uh, those hypotheses uh, next week. You know, they got uh, Becky Lynch and Lita. We found that out. Um, the Usos, the Viking Raiders. We'll get to the Roman Reigns part here in a minute. Uh, they did announce the women's elimination chamber, at least up to this point. Remember, I did not watch this week uh, so far before I do this show. Uh, but And they did announce some of this, I believe, on Monday. So... And some of this is, is stuff that I'm finding out like you guys do. But anyway, that's going to be Liv Morgan. It's going to be Rhea Ripley. It's going to be Bianca Belair, Dewdrop, Nikki A.S.H., and a uh, person to be determined. Well, usually the person to be determined is either a uh, special guest, somebody being brought into it just for it, or somebody that's not going to factor into things going on. So I'm going to kind of assume that's what it is. But either way, Raw, pretty good. Not not a lot of action. I mean, it, it opened up with, I don't know, a knowledge bowl that I didn't bother really watching much of, and I'm sure you didn't either. But we got to see some pretty good things. We got to see uh, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Lita all kind of 
uh, interact. And uh, we'll, we'll see how those things go. That moves us to SmackDown. And the match that I couldn't tell you a second ago is because it opened up this. This development. Uh, Roman comes down. The Usos. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is, is talking and explaining basically how this was um, not really all a master plan. He legitimately screwed up. And Roman Reigns said fire him and punch him in the face. Like we all saw. And that he was able to make it up to Roman. And Roman welcomed him back after he helped him double-cross Brock Lesnar and cost him the title, as we just said. And while this is all going on, they get interrupted by Roman's opponent at Elimination Chamber. And that is none other than Goldberg. Now, it is going to be fantastic to see Roman and Goldberg, the Battle of the Spears. Roman and Goldberg. Um, it's going to be different than Edge Roman from what Edge won the Rumble last year. So it's going to be different from that. But, I mean, we already know Goldberg's not going to win. Why, unless Brock Lesnar repays the favor. But once again, we'll talk about these scenarios next week. But Goldberg come out and said, oh, it's me and you. It's going to be a really, really good match. It's good to see Goldberg back. Maybe that means he's going to be back for WrestleMania. Um, there are some matchups I would like to see him in. And we will get into those uh, later on as it goes. But Roman and Goldberg, right out of the gate, we know. Um, what else do you, the, the storyline with Aaliyah and Natalia is uh, kind of interesting. They're playing off of Natalia having, I think, two Guinness World Records uh, wrestling related, which is fantastic. Um, but they're having Aaliyah beat her in all sorts of ways. This time it was a count out. Uh, it was a, a quick roll up. It's, it's been, I think a DQ. I think she's beat her every way, but straight up like pinfall or submission, which is interesting. I figure pinfalls next. I doubt she'll beat her by submission. Although it could happen. It's uh, you know, everybody else is beating Natalia. Why not Aaliyah? I just, I don't like that. Natalia puts, puts everybody over like this because she's probably one of the best talents in, in, the WWE by far, and that's that's not male female. That's that's everybody. And uh, it's I don't know. It's not the world's best way to show Aaliyah coming in like this. You kind of want her to have a little stronger kick than uh, just being the one to win by happenstance half the time. But you know, good for her. She's getting some wins. She's not losing out of the gate. And Natalia is is one that that is is good to work with. It's going to look good on the resume. I uh, believe Drew McIntyre is going to take on Madcap Moss after Moss and Corbin have, have made fun of him and, and jumped him and did all kinds of random things. Looks like Madcap Moss and Drew McIntyre are going to have a match at Elimination Chamber. Should be fun. And, uh, you know, Corbin's a good worker. McIntyre is a star. Madcap has potential to, to really be something going forward. Uh this is, you know, right now he's just a crony. He's working himself up, though. He's had some really good performances. They're really high on him. They really like him. Have a good match with Drew, and, and that's only going to boost. Um, What else was there? I mean, we did get to see. We did get to see. Kofi and Big E reunite. I think Woods is dinged up again against Los Lotharios. Uh, Los Lotharios, an established team. And the established team loses out to two members of the New Day who don't regularly tag anymore. Yeah. Shows you how much they think of those people. But, uh, Good win for them, I guess. Los Lotharios are back to jobbing out. 
they're going to do that, why even bother giving them a name? And then we got to see Charlotte and Ronda Rousey kind of get in each other's faces. They they had some funny lines for each other. A lot of truth in those lines, but that's that's going to set up WrestleMania. Ronda's already said it's it's her and Charlotte. It's kind of what it should be. Now, NXT. NXT, we got to see Roderick Strong and the Creed Brothers take on Imperium and Gunther. Remember, he's not Walter anymore. He's Gunther. He, uh, Gunther ends up with the win. Can't remember which one he pinned, but he pinned one of the, one of them, obviously. Um, they got to make Imperium. The tag champs look strong. Uh, Gunther, he needs to get back in the single scene and go for not the North American, maybe the world title, but you can't put him against Braun yet because you think too much of Braun Breaker to have that. But uh, Gunther versus Braun, sign me up for that. Uh, they had Raquel Gonzalez and, and Cora, Cora Jade, I think is her name. It, it seems to me now, now Cora could have already been doing this before if she came here, but if they gave her this idea of being kind of a, kind of a, can't think of the word, but uh, kind of skater, Avril Lavigne skater girl, kind of, sort of, then you're basically just doing what AJ Lee did to CM Punk's wife. You guys know that. But uh, they had Ra Raquel Gonzalez just manhandle, or woman handle her, I guess, and then just sling her around like a rag doll. And it's like they've already broken up their little friendship. And not only have they broken up their friendship, But uh, she just completely railed her. So now she's done. I mean, not done, done. But I mean, it's when she gets ran over like that, any momentum she had is just done. You, Cora's going to have to do something completely different to build up. And it didn't help Raquel Gonzalez at all because it didn't get her back in the title picture. It didn't put her into a, another program. It just basically took up space on the night but i wanted to say enough about it because i don't like squash matches and this one just undid it undone everything you've done with cora and raquel in the last four months so nxt once again just completely baffling us all as to the decisions they make uh they're making a big deal about the the kind of second coming of saray she lost a handful of times the first time around. She like her performances. Uh, she's kind of doing this dual personality thing, like not not like an affliction or something, but like in the back she'll have like regular straight dark hair and be dressed as a schoolgirl and have her glasses and she's really nice and polite. And then when she's Saray, her hair's different color and she kind of does different things. A little more edge to her. I mean, she beat Kayla Inlay, but. Saray is a, a world-renowned talent, and I know Regal and a lot of the people who are no longer there thought very highly of her, so let's hope she just didn't get lost in the shuffle and eventually released, because they seem to have invested a lot to bring her here, and if that all ends up for naught, that just kind of shows the direction this thing's going. Um... Big win by Joe Gacy over L.A. Knight. Uh, Harlan actually didn't play much of a part in this. It was Grayson Waller and Sanga, who is his minion, his Tyson Tomko, so to say. Uh, L.A. Knight, Grayson Waller, is, is going to be fantastic, uh, whether Sanga's a part of it or not. Uh, good win for Joe Gacy, who is a really good worker. He's got Harlan as his kind of backup. And uh, kind of curious to see if maybe they grow that to a trio or if they uh, just continue to push the two of them. Wendy Chu is one of the female talents they have that is very intriguing. 
Once again, I don't know if she did this beforehand. I did not know who she was until a couple weeks ago. But she comes out, and she's in her slippers, and she's in her pajamas, and she's got a big body pillow, and she tends to fall asleep, and just really act aloof and just, you know, just kind of laid back. And then when she starts wrestling, I mean, she's got some just fantastic kicks. She can uh, kick and run, and all, I mean, she's really good wrestler, really good hand in the ring. Uh, she beat Amari Miller, which is which is great. That's one, you know. Uh, Tiffany Stratton uh, came out and uh, and uh, played a part too. But uh, Wendy Chu, talk about either they gave you a crazy gimmick or you have one. You're making it work. Go watch Wendy Chu matches. She is fantastic. Like I said. She comes out, she's in her PJs, and she's in her, her bunny slippers or, or whatever kind of fuzzy slippers those are. And it's it's kind of like bestest years ago. It's kind of like the bell rings. And, or in this case, when she gets involved in the match, she turns into, like, super talent. So good for her. You've got people watching, Wendy, so you be you. It, it might lead to bigger opportunities. Uh, it would be kind of crazy to see somebody in, in, in fuzzy slippers in big matches, but hey, if you can make it work, make it work. And I think there's a lot of things you could do to play off of that, other talents. So, good for her. Uh, Nikita Lyons has been signed, and she'll be showing up very soon. She has a father who grew up in the rock and roll industry. I, for the life of me, don't know who that is. But I'm going to try to find out. They had a video package. I couldn't really figure out who it was in the video package. But uh, I do know Nikita Lyons. When I saw who she is, I'm not sure who she may have went by in other associations. But I've seen her before. She's going to be a uh, a great talent. Um, Andre Chase is actually getting some pretty good run here recently. He beat Draco Anthony. Uh, Bodie was out there as well, but his Chase U University stuff is is really really kind of taken off in NXT. It's probably not going to lead to a call up right now, but Andre Chase is is he went from jobbing out to everybody and getting ran over to actually getting legitimate wins, and I'm sure he's going to be putting a program soon with some of the other younger talent, and we'll see what he can do. And then finally, Legato de Fantasma, Del Fantasma, took on Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa. And, of course, Braun and Ciampa end up with the win. Uh, Fantasma is a great team. Two of them work so well together. Uh, This all just is a way of kind of moving them slightly to the side. Not out of the way, but slightly to the side. So we we get Braun Breaker against uh, Santos Escobar which is going to be the next big feud there with Champa watching Braun's back. That's going to be fun. That's going to be really, really fun. It's a good test for Braun. Like I said, I think he's going to pass with flying colors in that one. There's other people, Gunther, others down the road that I would love to see Braun match up with. And uh, you got to get past the first one to do that. Let's go. Let's go to AEW. AEW Dynamite. We kicked it off with Wheeler Yuta with Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Once again, if you do not know who Danhausen is, I implore you to use that little internet button on your phone or whichever device you happen to be listening to us on after this show is over. So another half hour or so. Flip on over and look up Danhausen. That is D-A-N-H-A-U-S-E-N. You thought the shenanigans of Orange Cassidy were great. Uh, you put him with Danhausen, and I, I can't wait till the two of them interact together instead of one at a time. Uh, it's hours of entertainment. Wheeler Yuta and his buddies, uh, they came out. Wheeler Yuta took on John Moxley. Moxley let Yuta get some stuff in, but it's all about Mox being back. It's all about him uh, building up and being back close to the top where he was. He's just too much of a tremendous talent. And now that that he has dealt with his substance issues and seems to be doing well, 
He looks a lot leaner, but a lot healthier, a lot happier. His color is back. Uh, there are some big things coming for the mocks, one of which was Brian Danielson, who confronted him for the second week in a row, this time with a microphone in hand. And he said, hey, Mox. Yeah, we could fight. That's fine. If you want to fight, we'll fight. I think we should team up. And we should not only team up. We should take some of the younger talents and take them under our wing. And by younger talents, he wasn't necessarily saying people who aren't associated with other groups. No, he was picking people out of groups which was very interesting and very entertaining in that. That he, you know, he he was picking, he, he named some pretty interesting talent. And uh, before he could get John Moxley to even remotely answer, uh, he just said, uh, how about you think about it and get back to me? And then they... Uh, independently went to the back. This is Brian and John's way of helping the younger talent, maybe putting together a group. That'd be fun. But a group where they can help groom these people. And you could definitely do a lot worse than learning from those two. If I was a younger talent at AEW and they said, hey, who would you want to work with? Yeah, I, I would think John Moxley and, and Brian Danielson would have to be probably in the top three or four of people I would name immediately. Immediately. So we'll see what they do, because they are on right now as we record this. So I'll know later today or so, later tonight, uh, who they may start recruiting or if, if they're going to pair up. They may not. I feel like the build-up to it was there, so I, I think they're going to build up. Brady Roach was out there, and then Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, and Ethan Page all came out. And Lambert was running his mouth, and Brandy tried to run her mouth. She's, she's pretty good on the mic. Dan Lambert is a, a, a king. A absolute king on the microphone. He... I don't know at what time in his life he learned that he was great at running his mouth, but he is a thousand percent good at that, which is why he's good in wrestling. Even though, once again, I'll remind you, he is one of the main people behind American Top Team and the various groups of American Top Team that are around the gyms, MMA gyms, where uh, some of the best of the best train. They currently have two or three champions among all their gyms and uh just look up Dan Lambert. Anyway, Brandy's like, "Well, I know you're not going to do anything because uh, you're not going to hit a, you're not going to hit a lady." I think she slapped Lambert, maybe. Which, uh, good for good for them. But he said, "Yeah, you're right. We're not we're not going to we're not going to do anything to you." She might. And here comes Paige Van Zandt, who they uh, they kind of scrap for a minute, and then they all get broken up and everything, but. I said before, if Paige wants to bare-knuckle fight, then I think she should bare-knuckle fight. It's to do um, some of the modeling and such that she has done on the Internet. Uh, she's doing really great with that. If she wants to continue to MMA fight, yeah, I'd do that. Paige, it's wide open with things you could do, uh, especially uh, given how talented you are. But I remember, I suggested maybe she should try pro wrestling. Maybe she should get into it a little bit. There's not a better opportunity than AEW right now. If you went to WWE, you'd have to spend a year or so going through their school and things like that, which is fine. But in AEW, they can uh, send you to uh, Dustin Rhodes up at the, uh, was the Nightmare Academy. And he could work with you for a couple months. And you and Brandy, who was also going to be around that area, could uh, really work up a good program. But uh, good for Paige and, and Brandy. Uh, I think that's fun because Brandy's a, a, a pretty good wrestler. She spends, she ends up having to spend a lot more of her time front office-wise with AEW that I don't think she gets the, the time she would like to 
be in the ring and such. But a, a good program like this, this is something like WWE would do at WrestleMania. Uh, a fun, you know, kind of celebrity versus uh, pro thing here. But I, I think this could be fun. This could be a lot of fun, and I look forward to seeing what they do with it. Now, we had Brody King and Malachi Black, otherwise known as the House of Black, who took on El, let's see, uh, Penta El Zero Miedo and Pac, the returning Pac, who did some really cool things with some, he, he was wrestling with a blindfold on for a long time, which was great to watch him, like, dodge punches and things. That's really cool. Obviously, Brody and Malachi win. I just, I'm curious what they end up doing because there are similarities between other people in AEW and what Malachi and Brody do. Now, they are the best at it because they go into a darker realm, but I'm I'm just really not sure because you got the black mist, you got things they can do that, that, like I said, the house of black, I think they should add a female member. Don't really know who that could be. But with a lot of the crossovers going on, uh, at this point, the sky's the limit. But they get to win. Uh, Penta and Pac continue to kind of job out. Not sure how long Ray Phoenix is going to be out with his with his broken arm. But these two will just probably end up teaming and doing some, some fun things uh, until then. Which is crazy because they're two of the best talents in the world. And they just get little run whatsoever in AEW. Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero beat Ruby Soho. Thought that kind of interesting that Soho would lose. Uh, I mean, obviously Nyla couldn't really take the loss either. There's a couple things they could have done there. But the women's division is, is getting pretty starting to stack up a little bit in AEW. Not as stacked as it is other places, but I think when we're going to see a talent exchange coming soon, we're going to see it stack up really quickly. And uh, like I said, it's it's kind of there. There's there's some really good, talented people. A lot of them we haven't heard of, or maybe you guys haven't heard of them. Uh, I haven't heard of some of them until they show up. Myself, I do my same research like you guys do. But the women's division is one in AEW. They haven't really pushed heavily yet. You know, Jade Cargill, some of the, you know, they're doing some things, but they haven't really put the depth in that roster yet. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Maybe they're just going to develop that roster as opposed to just bringing in a bunch of people. Could be, could be an interesting thing to do. Um, Dan Lambert came back out with Jake the Snake and uh, Lance Archer as Archer went after Hangman, who uh, took a Bunch of big shots from Archer. That's going to be a fun matchup between those. Obviously, Archer is not going to beat Hangman, which kind of sucks. I mean, I, I'm really I'm a bigger Hangman fan than I am a Lance Archer fan. Even though I'm a Lance Archer fan, really like what the Big Murder Hog does. I just feel like what Archer does is better suited for New Japan or even, I mean, he can't go to Impact Wrestling right now because W. Morrissey is doing about the same thing that Archer does. Same basic thing. They're two completely different wrestlers, but the spots they take up on a roster are very similar. But uh, Hangman and Archer, that'll be coming up. I think they've got an event coming up in the next week or so. So we will see what they do with that. Then we finally got MJF versus CM Punk. This was pretty good. Was it a five-star classic? No. But it was quite good. CM Punk showed that he can keep up with the younger MJF. MJF showed that he can keep up with all the uh, all the things CM Punk brings to a match. They had the false finish where MJF used a piece of tape to choke out CM Punk with a, a supposed sleeper hold. And then they found the piece of tape. Restarted the match. Wardlow come down. Looked like he was going to play a big part in it. 
and uh, ended up really just barely being a distraction option. MJF gets the win, as he should. I would like to see these two wrestle again somewhere down the road because it shouldn't just be a one-off for this feud like this. It finally gets to this climax. I feel like it should have been a pay-per-view, but it was a good main event, and MJF gets the win. We move over to Rampage, where it seems like they like to start off AEW programming with Adam Cole. Whether he's the opening match on Dynamite or the opening match on Rampage seems to be a really popular spot, and who better? I do like something he said, and we will uh, get to that as soon as I talk about his match. He had against Evil Uno. Evil Uno, tremendous talent. Great mechanic. Remember what mechanic means. That means they not only look good themselves in a match, but they make their opponent uh, look good as well. He is great to work with. Evil Uno, I would love to see on a singles run as well, but in this case, Adam Cole took him out. And then Cole got on the microphone. And he said, basically said, I'm going to paraphrase, he basically said all this group stuff is great, meaning the Young Bucks, meaning Red Dragon, uh, Brandon Cutler, I guess, if you want to throw him in there. Shout out to him. Because all that's great, but that uh, he, Adam Cole, has always been one of the top performers everywhere he went. Championships, accolades, achievements, accomplishments. And I guess he was saying this year, he was coming for the heavyweight title. By the way, Hangman Hangman Page versus Adam Cole has the potential to be a, a five-star classic. But I like that he come out and he said, you know, this stuff's great. I keep, you know, I beat Orange Cassidy. I beat this guy, I beat this guy, I beat this guy. And he's like, you know what? I haven't lost. I'm 7-0. And, and like, I, like I said, he, he said the group stuff is great, but you're going to see him do some single things to get back to being the Adam Cole. And that's going to be fun. Uh, Sammy Guevara got to defend his title against Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party. Andrade... Uh, Played a part in the end, but uh, Sammy Guevara, and Matt Hardy did too, but Sammy Guevara ends up retaining his title. Darby Allen comes out to help him. Uh, and then uh, once Andrade and Isaiah Cassidy and uh, the other guy in private party that I just can't think of his name, and Matt Hardy all kind of disperse. Darby turns to Guevara, kind of makes a motion towards the title, like, now that they're out of the way, I'll take I'll take the shot at that TNT title, which he's held before. I think it would be that's something to pursue, maybe down the road. Because, you know, not everybody has to be good guy, bad guy. Not everybody has to be uh, have a problem with each other. Darby and Sammy don't have a problem with each other. But they've had matches in the past, and having a match for this here would be fantastic. And I, for one, would definitely be all for it, and you should be too. Once again, those are two of the cornerstones. I would say MJF, and uh, gosh, I always forget the fourth or fifth one I come up with, but that's what I would look into. And didn't they? Okay, they did have, okay. Uh, QT Marshall come out and ran his mouth about calling Hook out. We know what that's going to lead to. But what a good way. You know, Hook gets a couple easy matches out of the gate. Then he gets to work with QT Marshall, who is probably one of his trainers, which means it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be great. Hook's going to look like a million bucks by the end of it. He, oh, there, that's one of them. Maybe Hook is a the guy they build on going forward because people love that guy. That guy, uh... His look and his, and his, like, everything but his athleticism and attitude are the polar opposites of his father, Taz. 
Uh, he still does the suplexes and things like that. And like I said, his demeanor and his athleticism, because Taz is a heck of an athlete. Those are the same. But beyond that, not a lot in common the two of them have, and uh, look is is uh, he's showing that his his brand of talent is uh, something to to watch. Uh, what else was there? We finally got the blow off match between Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa. The problem was is or not the problem because. It was it was a pretty good match so far. It was the first one Mercedes Martinez had in AEW. These two seriously have probably known and been against each other. Probably teamed up too for, I would say, the better part of a decade on the indie scene. But Thunder Rosa gets the win because Mercedes Martinez hit her with a pipe and got disqualified. Like okay, and then Martinez goes to the back where she talks to uh, Britt Baker, and Britt says, I said to take her out, not to get her. Because that means she beat you. And so that means Mercedes got in uh, the face of Britt Baker, of Jamie Hayter, of Rebel. So we'll see another match between those two, and then I think at some point they could team up to go back against those two rings. So... We'll see what goes with that. But uh, I guess there's the women's division. There's them loading up a little bit. Now, they brought in Mercedes. Maybe she's there to also help uh, push some of the other talent. But uh, her and Thunder Rosa, if you think Britt Baker had a, a bloody brawl before with Carl Sheeta, there's no telling what Mercedes and Thunder Rosa could do. You probably want to lock them in a cage. And I don't even condone doing that kind of stuff, but uh, it's it's going to be some very physical matches, very physical matches. Uh, let's see that. Let's go to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling, the worst kept secret in probably company history. They had Matt Cardona go against Jordan Grace, who was defending her. Digital Championship, a.k.a. the belt that Matt Cardona made famous years ago when he was with WWE. And he made it famous because, I don't know, they weren't using him or something, and so he created the Internet Championship, defended it multiple times on the Internet through YouTube and things like that. And then it kind of went away when he was when he was kind of brought back on screen, on TV. And then it went away again as he went away. So they brought it back. And of course, now this was a good match. Jordan Grace is a, is a weird matchup for people, but so is Cardona because he's so tall and she's so strong. This was a really good match. And then at the end, uh, Cardona kind of does some heelish tactics in order to secure the win. But he is now your, your digital media champion or whatever they're calling this thing, internet champion. And on his way out, they're like, hey, uh, wh- what was going on with those dastardly Actions at the end. He said, dastardly, what? No, I just won this title and all this. And so the announcer uh, says again, says, uh, well, what would your, uh, what would your fiance, or I think they're married now, but what would your fiance, Chelsea Green, say about this? Says, what? She's, she's going to be fine. I won the championship. I'm a winner. Uh, he, he makes some reference to um, at least he's at least he's or at least Chelsea's uh, with a winner, unlike Jordan, who is I don't know if they're married, dating, or whatever it is, but Jordan Grace and the current Ring of Honor champion. Jonathan Gresham uh, have been together for for a short while, a good short while, and uh, so we know what this is going to lead to. It's going to be Cardona and Chelsea Green versus Jordan Grace and the Ring of Honor champ Jonathan Gresham, which 
it's going to be fun because then they can pair off and Chelsea can take on Jordan and Cardona can take on Gresham. And it, it's a bunch of fun little mix and matches they can do there. This was good booking by Impact Wrestling, not something you normally hear. Normally you hear, I'm not sure what they're doing, but hey, it was a good match. I like this. I like this. And the fact that it started off the show, it showed you where the action was, got your attention early, and it's already got wheels working on something else. Uh, Jonah ran over Crazy Steve, but uh, Jonah's been kind of going, kind of picking his way through. He's eventually going to face Black Taru. We all know. But uh, he's kind of going through all of Decay at the moment. We'll see what he does past that. Uh, Jonah's a big-time talent. I didn't quite understand when he got let go from NXT. At least he went to New Japan where I thought he should sign, and then through the talent exchange, he got to stay over this way, and he's an Impact Wrestling, so I kind of want to see him do some things, but they've got to clear the deck because there's a lot going on, and there's not really... It's like there's room on the train, but there's not necessarily a seat of where he needs to be right now. So we'll see what Jonah does. He's a big, strong, physical, athletic kid. Uh, he's, a lot of, he's a lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch. He had Macklin versus Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Macklin gets himself disqualified. And then Honor No More, which are the former Ring of Honor compadres, co-workers of Jonathan Gresham, come out and attack uh, Macklin, who was attacking Jonathan Gresham. And then as Gresham is kind of walking himself towards the back, Honor No More is like, yeah, you should come join us. You should come join us. You should come join us. Gresham kind of shakes his head and doesn't really say yes or no, but just that's not really his, his thing. He, he's more about bringing the honor to things, the pure style, those things. So uh, I like that they're drawing that line in the sand right now. Josh Alexander took on Vincent. This was a good match. Josh Alexander, of course, gets the win. And as Honor No More, we're kind of battling against Josh Alexander and his buddies. We get to see the next Ring of Honor guy to come across the lines. And that is, I'm going to say, I'm going to claim Atlanta on That is Atlanta's own Kenny King. Kenny, Kenny King is basically joining up with Honor No More. Uh, they just went from uh, an all-star team to a super group. Super all-star team. Uh, Kenny King is, for people who don't know him, he's been an impact before, I believe. But uh, he, man, that guy, he reminds me a lot of Booker T. In, uh, but he's a lot more free-flowing. So it'll be fun to have him have him back like that. I was curious to see which other ones, which other Ring of Honor people would show up other places. Looks like he is the latest to do that. And like I said, Kenny King, man. Glad to see him again. Uh, John Schuyler, who they like a lot, who has been an NWA darling for a long time. It's good to have him back on the Impact roster. He went against, I think, the debuting Hugh Pender, Guyar, 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 who is a, uh, Impact Wrestling has been big about kind of raiding the continent of, of India of uh, some big time talents over the years. WWE's done a little bit too, but uh, Impact Wrestling, man, they have brought in some tremendous Indian talent, and uh, Pender, he did some great stuff. Skyler, John Skyler is a big-time mechanic, so he, he helped out. But, uh, man, big, fresh-looking kid. Uh, Guyar is going to do some good stuff. He's, he's going to end up doing way better than I am trying to pronounce his name. Uh, Mickey and Chelsea kind of had a, a giddy girl moment in the back where Chelsea is basically 
going to get a match with Mickey next week. And uh, before that, Chelsea helped run off Tasha Steeles and Savannah. Steeles, it looks like, is going to get the next title shot against Mickey. But just, hey, about time. She hadn't really done much since the team got broken up, so it's good to see Tasha Steeles doing some stuff like that. Now to be outdone, Casey Lennox took on Masha Slamovich. They really like Masha. They let her completely run over Casey Lennox. But uh, Masha, I think they could do some really good stuff with. And I think they're going to eventually push her into a big contender for maybe Mickey's title. Then they showed Deanna Perrazzo in the back. She's like, hey, did everybody forget about me? I'll be honest, Deanna. We here at Impact Media did not. Deanna Perrazzo is one of the best talents on the planet right now. Um, it's weird to not see her involved in any major TV storylines at the moment, but we all know Mickey James got, got the call back to be in, in the women's Royal rumble. Deanna Perrazzo was probably not going to, because she was, she was released around the same time, I believe, but, uh, she's doing too many big things and probably wouldn't have agreed to a lot of stipulations that uh, Mickey did to be in that. And then we got the Bullet Club, otherwise known as Chris Bay, the Gorillas of Destiny, and Jay White, who took on Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Speedball, Mike Bailey, he's a better nickname, and Jake Something. Jake Something takes the pinfall from Chris Bay. So the Bullet Club win. And then Violent by Design and the Good Brothers come down and proceed to beat the crap out of uh, the Bullet Club. It's gonna it's gonna end up Good Brothers and and Gorillas of Destiny who used to be friends. They used to all be Bullet Club back in the day, but don't seem to be anymore. Uh, New Japan, like I said, they are showing old matches. It's because they shut down all of January's live events. I think just in the recent week or so, they have started back some of their things in February, starting to get the ball rolling again. Uh, they were just, they were having a lot of uh, virus-related hiccups. It wasn't outbreaks or anything like that, but they were they were ironing out some issues to make sure there were no hiccups down the road, and they ended up just shutting down all of January, which was probably the better idea. They let the talent, you know, get off the road and, and everybody heal up and things like that, and they should be uh, full gung-ho pretty soon. But instead, we got to see the G1 Climax 28 final from 2018, where Hiroshi Tanahashi, who is, God, it's, it's hard to compare who he is, took on Kota Ibushi who used to be Kenny Omega's tag partner. Uh, these two wrestled for 45 minutes. And it was, it's, it's, New Japan is known for these 30 and 40 minute matches that are just insane. And insane and like great quality wrestling insane, not like chainsaws and light bulbs. They don't do that. But Hiroshi Tanahashi ends up taking the win in this one for Cody Obushi. Uh, Hiroshi is, is just one of the most storied veteran guys from over there. He's, I guess he, the closest thing I can come up with is Hiroshi Tanahashi is kind of like the Shawn Michaels. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He doesn't have the flashiest moves all the time. He's got some fantastic ones. But it seems like every time you need a contender, he shows up, and every time it's like, man, we could really, uh, it'd be really great to to have a fantastic, off-the-wall, great match right here. It seems like Tanahashi's involved. Now, Naito, there's a bunch of other guys in Japan that can do the same thing, but it, it seems like uh, when the lights are on, Tanahashi is just off the charts fantastic. Uh, UFC, it's UFC time. UFC fight night was over the weekend. Of course, uh, the two big 
fights, uh, the, the two uh, the two of note, in my opinion, is uh, Rachmanov got the round one KO with a uh, just a tremendous kick over Harris. Uh, about four minutes in, something like that. Uh, just uh, Rachmanov, man, he's he's a he is a beast. And then, of course, Jack. Hermanson, gentleman Jack, as I call him, Jack Hermanson took on Sean Strickland in the five-round main event. There's some things about this one. Neither neither guy said that they had the best night's performance. I would agree. Um, Jack seemed to be trying to pick his spots and was just not picking good spots. And Sean Strickland, who normally methodically almost, you know, Toy Soldier-wise, just methodically marches forward, marches forward, marches forward. He seemed to be sidestepping and backing up a bunch, which was also making it hard for Hermanson to take him down and use wrestling because when, you, when you're when you trying to wrestle with somebody, you want them to come forward. As they're moving forward towards you, it's easier to, to, to attempt takedowns, and it's harder when they keep backing up. I don't think Strickland was necessarily doing it to avoid that. I just, uh, punch and kick-wise... I thought Strickland, not dominated, but he, he definitely had the advantage in the in the striking department. I give Hermanson a lot of credit. There was kicks and there was attempts and there was I mean it was it was overall a good fight, but with all the hype leading up to it, it could have been better. And then there was the con- some people think it's a controversy. It was a split decision that one judge said Hermanson won three rounds to two, and two said that Strickland won. Three to two. Well, first of all, that means law of averages won because two outvotes one. Strickland won. He should have won the fight. It's fine. I can't say that it should have been unanimous because I thought Hermanson did do a lot. And if you're depending on where you're at, the judges are not next to each other. They're in. They're in. They all have different views of the action. So maybe the other guy saw it one way or saw it. To, you know, saw it a different way than the other two. That's why you have three judges. Strickland's going to move forward. In what this should have been a number one contenders match, but I, I don't think they put on a good enough show to do that. It just, uh, I think you're going to have to get one more fight out of Strickland before they they put him up there. But he says some crazy things. We will see what happens as far as that. But uh, Strickland gets the win. Like I said, Bellator's next event is not till the 19th, so we will obviously preview that next week. And UFC 271, that is loaded. I'm going to talk about what I consider the top four fights. Uh, but the card is just, just, it is stacked. Uh, but 271, the heavyweights have a, a big showcase. Now, the uh, middleweights have a little bit of one, too, because uh, Cannoneer is going to take on Derek Brunson, and that may actually be more of a uh, number one contenders match. I believe they're in the same uh, weight class as Strickland and Hermanson, if I remember correctly. That would make better sense if one of the two of them put on a better show. Whoever wins that, I think, should be number one contender at that point, but I'm not Dana. Last time I checked, he doesn't ask my opinion, but that's my opinion. For the heavyweight fights, you've got Arlovsky versus Vanderay. Big, I'm a big Arlovsky fan. Back when I was, when I really got into watching UFC, uh, they were making him into a star. They come out with the vampire and did the stuff. And it was really cool. I really got into it because it was kind of pro wrestling like. Arlovsky seems like this super cool guy. He is also an American top team guy. He hangs out with Lambert. Good guy. Uh, Vanderay, no slouch. There's a good chance Vanderay could win this match. And at the same time, uh, I'm picking Arlovsky. We've got uh, in the middleweight as well, Adesanya, Israel Adesanya, the champ, is going to take on Whitaker. So we're going to get Adesanya Whitaker 2. This is a big one. This is the main event. I think the co-main event is actually going to be bigger. 
but that's why I'm going to talk about it last. Adesanya Whitaker. Adesanya, on paper, should win this. If it goes five rounds, if it's a stoppage, things like that. You would think Adesanya because he motored through the entire division. Now he's kind of going back through. Whitaker's not one I would want to see if I was Adesanya because if he can... If he can rely on his wrestling, if he gets Adesanya down, then Adesanya is pretty much going to be there until he lets him up or the round ends, one way or the or, or the, the fight ends. Uh, and I think that's what Whitaker is going to have to try to do. I think he's going to have to try to control Adesanya. I think he's going to have to uh, just take away the striking ability if uh, if he thinks he's going to win. And there's a good chance Whitaker could win a, a five-round fight. But if I was him, I would try to end it before then. Um, I'm going to take Whitaker. That, that being all being said, I'm going to take Whitaker to uh, be your new champ. And it's not nothing against Adesanya because he is fantastic to watch. Just think of it in the baseball perspective. They always say the third time through the lineup is when they try to sub out pitchers because now the hitter is... Seeing the guy two other times, he may know what to do. Well, if you fought the guy before, it's going to be a different fight. Whitaker is is way better than he was the first time they fought. And Adesanya is a very similar fighter to when they, they fought last. So I'm going to take Whitaker. And then Derek, my balls are hot, Lewis. I guess I will continue to say that. Versus a tie to Avasa in the heavyweight contendership. This could potentially be a number one contender spot. Um, number one contender spot if they're going to do an interim title between Stipe Miocic and John Jones, which is what I, me and, and, and Chael and Bisping and and practically everybody. It's not news anymore that any. UFC expert, or myself, or any of you guys, come up with that idea or say that's a great idea. Uh, yeah, that's just what you should do. That's just what you should do. So, uh, the winner of, of Tuavasa Lewis, I think, should uh, get a shot at the winner of that, if they can book that fast enough. Because So, basically, so basically this, is, this is kind of a battle for, for the third seed. Or no, this is a battle for second seed because Stipe John Jones should be for the the one seed and the uh, championship. But Derek Lewis, this will be his second time fighting in Houston. The last time he did, uh, Cyril Gaon won the interim title from him, uh, and he said fighting in his hometown of Houston. Just the pressure got to him, and he didn't. He was not able to fight his own, the fight he wanted to, and it didn't go well for him. So we'll see if he can do better against Tuavasa here. I actually think Tuavasa has a pretty good chance. Uh, these two are gonna trade. Um, as as has been said, Derek Lewis has uh, various colored belts from various uh, mixed martial arts disciplines. Tai Tuavasa. Likes to walk walk across the cage and punch in the mouth. He, I, I heard him compared to, I heard him compared to uh, a modern Tank Abbott. I can see that. A big guy who knows how to cage fight. I, I give him that. Two of us, I think, is a little more polished than Tank, but it's because back then the UFC was very raw and so was Tank. Tank was great, though, man. He was one of me and my dad's favorites early on. Uh, I think Tuavasa is actually going to win this because if these two are going to stand and trade blows, I feel like Tuavasa is going to get volume over Derek Lewis. And um, I don't think it goes the distance, whether it's three rounds or five. And I think at some point Tuavasa is going to catch Lewis, who is going to feel the pressure again of fighting in Houston. So uh, Arlovsky over Vanderay. Give me, yeah, give me Brunson over Cannoneer. Give me Whitaker over Adesanya to be the new middleweight champ. And give me Tuavasa over Derek Lewis. Now, 
That's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make it so much fun to uh, come on and talk MMA and pro wrestling and combat sports. This has been Strong Style. Obviously, if you want to follow us, as, as I said, you can you can just general search us, Impact Media, Strong Style, any of that. You'll find us anywhere you find a podcast the same way. At the Impact 99, we'll find me on almost all social medias. At Team Impact Media, we'll find all the show links on Twitter. But until next time, I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Deuces, gooses. <laughs>